Welcome to All About Design, a podcast about architecture, engineering, interior design, anything to do with design. My name is Jamie Garza. I'm your host. I'm a principal at the Design Collaborative here in Los Angeles, California. We're recording this podcast at RBCC in the Arts District in downtown Los Angeles. And we have a super special program for you guys today. Today, we are going to talk about the LGBTQAI plus community in the design field, specifically in architecture and engineering. And we're going to talk about our experiences. So including my experience as a transgender woman, and I have two special guests with me. One is a badass mechanical engineer, Kristen Cole. I'm gonna have to let her introduce herself, tell you where she went to school, tell you how badass she is. And Eric Schwartz, who is a principal at the Design Collaborative, a partner of mine here at the Design Collaborative where we are building this queer company. So I wanna get going, but I would like to have you guys kind of tell us about your background. Tell us about where you went to school, where you worked briefly, who you are, where you're from, and uh, this is like the perfect interview question, so you should be able to do this in like 30 seconds. By the way, you should be able to do this in 30 seconds to a minute when you're in an interview, a job interview, so go ahead, Kristen. (laughs) Hi, everyone. My name is Kristen Cole. I'm from a very small town in Pennsylvania called Tawanda. It's in the northeast corner of the state, for all of you who know your Pennsylvania geography. Being from Pennsylvania, I went to school at Penn State University where I studied architectural engineering and I chose the mechanical option within my major, which has led me into a career designing mechanical systems for commercial buildings. Currently, I'm focused in the healthcare and science and technology markets at Affiliated Engineers here in Los Angeles. And I previously worked for AECOM and a smaller company in Pennsylvania called Barton Associates. Thank you, Kristen. That was great. Eric, how about you? I am born and raised in Los Angeles. I went to UC Berkeley for undergraduate and graduate with a little stint in England uh, junior year abroad. After school, I moved to New York City where I lived and worked for over 10 years. And I just recently decided to move back to LA where I started working with Jamie at the Design Collaborative. Awesome. Awesome. I'm from Mercedes, Texas, a small town in the Rio Grande Valley, right by the border, the southern tip of Texas, basically. And I went to the University of Texas in Austin and got my master's at UC Berkeley. So me and uh, Eric here are fellow alumni of UC Berkeley. Go Bears! And at the University of Texas, I majored in architectural engineering, and there aren't very many programs out there that are architectural engineering, but Penn State is a sister program, so me and Kristen have a very common kind of major, basically. And I just did boring old structural engineering. Just boring old structural engineering. Very, very boring. Mm-hmm. So, we're here today. I invited you all. Kristen's a collaborator with the Design Collaborative, which is difficult to say all in one sentence. But the three of us are queer and thinking of how we built and make a company. We're a startup company. We've been around for three years since 2018. How do we make this company queer? How do we make it diverse? How do we make it friendly for women? How do we empower 
diverse communities. And that's kind of where we're going with this podcast. But I wanted to first set the stage. I want us all to kind of describe our experience in the industry and what we've experienced in our different roles. I'm going to have Eric go first. Sure. <laughs> I, I think that I've actually been quite fortunate being an out gay man in my ed- education and in my professional career. I have pretty much always been out. I've never knowingly encountered any outright homophobia, at least to my face, that I'm aware of. One thing that's really helped sort of me get by is that I am a cis white man, which helps me fit into that sort of typical box for our industry, even though I may be gay. The only place where I've felt uncomfortable being out in my career is on the construction site. I worked for over a year as a concrete inspector, so I was on the construction site three, four days a week, all day long, around construction workers, and I found myself trying to code switch so that I felt that I'd be taken seriously by the workers on the site, not necessarily knowing whether they cared whether or not I was gay or not, but just wanting to make sure that wouldn't be an issue. As you can tell by listening to me though, I don't have the straightest voice to begin with, so I don't know how effective my code switching was. (laughs) It's fair. I mean, most of your career has been in New York City, which is a very liberal and diverse city. You grew up in Santa Monica, again in Los Angeles, a super diverse liberal city. And then I went to UC Berkeley. In UC Berkeley. (laughs) So, I mean, I I feel like you've been in very open, safe places, LGBT-friendly places. I am very lucky and thankful that I've been able to to live in these, these places and not have to necessarily hide myself. So, a few years ago, me and some other colleagues that I knew in New York City decided to create an organization called Build Out Alliance. An organization for LGBTQ people in the architecture, engineering, and construction industry. Because we know that not everyone has the same experience that we do. And there are many people who don't necessarily feel comfortable coming out. Even even living in New York City, there was a mechanical engineer that that was in our group that was very unhappy at how he felt he had to stay closeted even in a New York City firm. So we created this organization to, to lend support and to act as a community for, for queer people in our industry. To be an ally. To be an ally. And, you know, we, we did have many allies in our group as well. And one of the main things that we did want to work on was how do we make the construction site more inclusive for queer people? So we know that that's a big ask and that's definitely something we are still working on. I think this is interesting because... What Eric describes isn't necessarily the safest environment for a trans person. So uh, speaking from a, a, a trans perspective, I went to school in Texas. I interviewed at Texas companies. I went to school at Berkeley, which was a bit more diverse. But engineering is very male-dominated. It's a little different than architecture where there's a bit more diversity and a lot of women. There are quite a bit of women in engineering, but I found in my career over the past 17, 18 years that women are held back. The norm is very much male-centric, 
and very heteronormative. So my whole career has been engineering companies that are very paternalistic. And I've noticed, even though architecture is a super duper diverse field and the majority of people who major in architecture are women and people of color and queer. The ownership and leadership of architecture firms here in Los Angeles is basically very much cis white males and very much the same paternalistic, male-dominated approach uh, to running a business. And those are the people we worked for as structural engineers. So everyone somewhat followed that model to fit in, basically. So in construction, through architecture, through engineering, it was very male-dominated, very paternalistic, and very, very, I feel like, heteronormative. It was kind of unique to have an open gay person around in Los Angeles. This is, this is my experience specifically in Los Angeles. And I've had experiences with open engineers and it hasn't necessarily been good for their careers to be open. I think one company I worked with gave bonuses to the men, the fathers, on Father's Day. So men were given bonuses on Father's Day and it encouraged, he encouraged, the owner encouraged basically the traditional family and the men get married and the women get married and he didn't promote many women in that firm. All the leadership was men. So I am transitioning after 17, 16, 17 years in the profession and there's been a pressure throughout my career to conform, to not transition, to resist transitioning to who I am. And I'm a little scared. <laughs> the pandemic has been helpful because I've transitioned, I've accelerated my transition during the past year. But now as things are opening up, I'm gonna go back into this world, this design world that has known me as one person and I'm coming back as someone else. And honestly, I'm pretty scared of that. But that's where I wanna hear about Kristen's experience. <laughs> and then we'll, uh, cause that's, I think we went from a, a gay male's experience in the industry to a, a transitioning trans woman in the field to Kristen. Tell us about yourself. <laughs> so my experience in the industry has been, number one, different and difficult in its own right because I'm a woman in a male-dominated field, but an added layer of difficulty because I'm also part of the LGBTQIA community. Earlier in my career, when I was working back on the East Coast in a small city in Virginia, the culture was such that I, I absolutely felt that I could not come out. I could not be my true self at work because I knew that I would be met with, with confused looks or confused responses or negative responses, anything from what I actually wanted to receive. And that actually drove me out of that job and drove me to Los Angeles where I thought, you know, the industry here would be much more diverse, much more open, accepting. And when I got here, that certainly was the case at the first firm that I worked at. I had an amazing boss, very supportive, very much an ally to the LGBTQIA community. And I mentioned that I was engaged at the time to a woman and it was, she had no adverse reaction whatsoever. And, and she's gone on to become great friends with my wife and we have a great relationship to this day. 
But my experience in other firms and at construction sites with outside consultants has been much different. Uh, I feel like it's difficult to be your authentic self around those type of people because you really just don't know what their reaction is going to be. It puts you in a really vulnerable place to open up that part of yourself when you might not be gay on appearance or gay on the tone of your voice or whatever you want to call it. I don't really give off a lot of like outward signals to somebody that I might be gay or bisexual. So it's been an interesting experience for me in Los Angeles and a mixture of positivity and a mixture of confusion I guess as, as to if it's the right time or the right place to tell somebody or how they're going to react and it, I really do echo what Eric mentioned about his experience on a construction site. I worked with the same site foreman for over a year and a half and he did not ever find out that I was married to a woman <laughs> but I talked to this man for like two hours every week about his life and his family and his kids and he never found out that I was married to a woman because I was just too afraid to open up that part of myself. Not to just stereotype about men, but it sounds like the kind of thing that he would just yammer on about himself and not ask a single question about you anyway. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it wasn't that hard to... <laughs> to... That's largely accurate. <laughs> but I think construction is, it's, it is difficult and I've been on a construction site as I've been transitioning I feel like the LGBTQAI plus I like I'm like many of those letters and through the transition I've been probably non-binary for about a year and then been a bit more queer a bit more gender queer and then just more trans woman or, or transgender and I was on a project that and I was active on a construction site going there monthly and twice a month and I found that the contractor was incredibly supportive actually and was supportive and asked me what my pronouns what which ones I preferred and they actually witnessed wow. part of my transition the ownership on that project got colder and colder to my presence and became very much less interactive in this very intense project, quick schedule that we needed to get things done. So the owner should have been interacting with me on a regular basis. And I think there was a sense of discomfort there. And eventually I was moved off the job. Our company was moved off the job, which was very unique. It's the first time I have a company removed from a job with no reason. So no reason was given for our company to be removed from the construction administration of this job. And there was still quite a bit of work to be done. And uh, both the architect and contractor were supportive. So I, those are experiences that I know were a part of the queer experience or the other experience where you get sidelined maybe or folks aren't comfortable I'm amazed that that situation could still arise in today's age. And I think that that is my own sheltered liberal city experience. And that's something that I think that I need to advocate as much as I can on my side to change our industry to make sure that that's not like that being LGBT or queer has no bearing on employment or a project or anything because it doesn't certainly. And I think 
that's the challenge, honestly. I know Kristen brings up a really good point about women in our industry. I've, I've seen this. My whole career, I've seen women's career sidelined, this expectation that they're going to have a family, and that when they do have a family, they often take the majority, the brunt of the domestic tasks, and they're not promoted. And I know they get paid less. I've seen it in the companies I've been with, and they're promoted less. It's this idea of other in our industry, and I don't... I yeah, don't. I think it's interesting that you bring up that your experience of women in the industry, but I think your experience is limited to mostly straight women in our industry. So it almost kind of flips it on its head to be a lesbian in this industry because chances are I'm not going to like accidentally like get knocked up and have a family. <laughs> it has to be a very planned endeavor and very expensive. So there would be a lot of time that would go into that. But I've had almost an opposite experience. Maybe it's just my personality. Maybe that has something to do with my identity, but I, I've been promoted very rapidly in my career and I've gotten a lot of salary raises very quickly in my career. And I don't know if that's because, again, of my personality or if that's because I do kind of present more on the masculine side and just my energy and my way of being, which is tied to my identity as a lesbian and bisexual. Kristen, you bring up a good point because I would often advise anybody to act like Kristen because I met her and the reason we're working together and we're good friends is because I met her at a business development seminar and I told her I was starting a company and she was like I want to I want to have my own company I want to do that and we hit it off because she was ambitious, she was ready to go, she was entrepreneurial, and she, she saw the future was hers, is hers, basically. So she has this attitude that I resonated with, and also she's supportive and a very a strong woman in a unique way because it's unique. Our industry as engineers, there's not many women that are leaders and in charge. So I admire that and part of me working with her is to help her empower her, figure out how I can be supportive of her. Yeah, I am, um, I mean my, I guess I'm just adding in my my male take on this situation. <laughs> I just wanted to say that my graduating class in my master's degree was about 60% women, but I also graduated in 2009. So most people didn't even end up working in the industry, but of them, very few women. And, you know, and I was actually really surprised when I actually started working my first real jobs and I was like, where are all the women? I'm hoping that as time changes, it becomes more common to see women in more leadership roles, but it's especially on the engineering side, it is not common. And I'm hoping that the trend that I saw in school has continued and that we get more women in our industry whether straight or queer or, you know. I think the, the further diversification of, of our workforce can only be for the good, for the better. I think it's worth noting that the one boss that I had that was extremely supportive of my identity as a bisexual or lesbian was a woman. And I feel like that's very appropriate for the conversation we just had. Yeah, definitely. 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 
I think this is very hopeful, and I don't want to be the Debbie Downer, but we did have a president just recently that was very much anti-LGBTQAI plus people. So I am afraid, I am afraid for the future because a lot of his supporters are our generation, our young people. And this kind of segues to kind of our next topic of like, what is our ideal workplace? What is our ideal environment? How do we here affect the future? And, and this goes to the company me, Eric and Kristen are a part of or supportive of, of building is a queer forward company, a queer centered company, one that's women forward, one that is people of color, one that is diverse from the get-go without a question. But I want to hear from you guys, like, what is the ideal company for you? Because right now, we are queer, we want inclusion, but there's the same amount of people, half the other people, want it to stay the same, idealize the 1950s or <laughs> bygone years, the olden times when everyone had families and two kids, male, female, or the heteronormative. They idealize the heteronormative. So one, what's your ideal company? What does it look like? How does it feel when you go into the office? I think my, my ideal company is definitely one where anybody working there can feel is free to be themselves, no matter who they are or what their background is. Because if somebody has, if somebody feels they have to hide something themselves, they're not doing their best work. Absolutely not. When we, so we want to create a, a create a supportive and creative environment to have everyone who works there flourish and do their best work. That's something that when I was first talking to you, Jamie, and Megan, one of our other partners about when I was talking about joining the Design Collaborative, was like how important that was to foster that sense of community at work. And I'm not saying that everyone has to be everyone's therapist and like hold hands all the time, but I mean like, I just mean the, the opportunity to be who you are and to do your best work then. And I think that's really how a company can succeed. And I don't necessarily know if working from a company, an existing company, trying to make that happen from the inside, or if it's better to start from the outside, which is sort of what we've done. I think there are multiple paths forward, but that's sort of what I'm seeing, I guess, is the, the ideal company, at least on, um, in terms of the, this topic only. <laughs> no, I love that. I love that vision. Kristen? I completely agree with Eric. I think my ideal company or work environment is one in which you can show up to work every day and just be your authentic self. You don't have to feel like you're concealing a part of who you are or you don't have to feel like you need to compensate in some manner to make up for a part of your personality or part of who you are. Just being able to be authentic every day and like Eric said, do your best work and be comfortable sharing your ideas and sharing your experience to contribute to your projects or the growth of your team or just the office culture in general. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking back at the different workplaces that I've worked in and I'm thinking about the you know, like I know that there were many LGBTQAI people that I interacted with, but the one that was open was often kind of not taken seriously. And he was a cis white male. And it was just a really poor work environment that made him a not serious person, basically. Someone not to be taken seriously. And, and his homosexuality had a lot to do with it. Everyone thought it was a, uh, 
it was curious, you know, and it did feel like not a very welcoming environment for the LGBT community or for just different, just for different people. And Eric, you brought this up about whether you can change a company from the inside or if you just have to start over. I feel a pressure. I'm transitioning late in life or right now, (laughs) or over the past few years, you know, it's been a gradual transition. At my company that I was fired at three years ago, and I can't say that I was fired for being queer, but I think it was a factor that at that point I was cross-dressing. I was openly cross-dressing. I was openly non-conforming, and it was a company that was very traditional, had been around for 60 years, was dominated by men in that company, and cis white males <laughs> specifically. Mm-hmm. And I was hired to help change things, and I lasted two years. And I, in those two years, that was part of my transition. That was an early part of my visible transition. And I was definitely genderqueer, you know, wearing makeup, and the message I got at the end was that I didn't fit, and I think that was kind of the words that the ownership said, and they had other reasons, and I have other faults, of course, I have my (laughs) faults, but I think that rang true that I, I didn't fit, and it wasn't really the right workplace for me, actually. They weren't really the right company for me. And the impetus of starting the Design Collaborative was so that I could be myself. And I'm playing by a new playbook that this is a diverse company from the get-go. We're queer forward, you know? We say it. We say it out loud. We say it on our website. We say it... We say it everywhere. Everywhere Everywhere we go. We say we're queer forward. Yeah, I definitely think, I mean... I do think in my professional capacity, it's hard for me to stay in the closet because of the way I sound when I talk. And I think for you, especially when you were transitioning, I think it was hard for you as well. You couldn't, you couldn't have been closeted and transitioned at the same time. It's important that we have a company where that's totally fine. And not fine, but not just fine, but celebrated. Um, and sort of going to back to sort of what I was saying of whether something can be reworked from the inside or whether we have to start over again with our own company. The last company I worked for before working at Design Collaborative was run by people who were not much older than me, but still felt like this very sort of staid, conservative company. And so I don't think it's necessarily just going to change with time. I think things will change because we have to force them to. Yeah, I agree. I think it's not necessarily a forced change, but what's really going to accelerate the transition into a more welcoming and diverse place for many companies is going to be positive experiences with people who are different, people who are members of the LGBTQIA community, people who are minorities, women. It's positive interactions with those people that are going to accelerate the change across the board. Yeah, and I think with the Design Collaborative, what we try to do is put our otherness forward so much and hope that, and our, our goal is that, that through our work, that that's seen as absolutely not a negative. And eventually that should just sort of be normal. a non-issue. A nor- a nor- normal. It should be normal, yeah. And I bring this up because I'm, I'm a religious person, I'm very Catholic, I'm a devout Catholic, 
and being a trans woman is uh, difficult, actually, to be in an organized religion. And organized religion is, is a huge part of my life, except that in their words, they don't approve of who I am as a person. But I think there are a lot of LGBTQ AI plus people in the Catholic Church and in churches and in religion that will create this change just like they will in companies. And I mention religion because a lot of times in my experience, religion is a part of the company's culture, is a part of the owners, is a part of the owner's beliefs. I've, I've, I've seen it. People are very much, our, our country is very much based on Christianity. Absolutely. And those ideals do come in through these companies. And as a fellow Catholic Christian, Christian has been a big friend to me and supportive and helpful and has given me advice on how to approach being a Catholic LGBT person, you know? And I want to transition this conversation thinking of this like kind of our situation, our ideal company, but what we need to do moving forward. Kristen, you've been a huge ally to me personally. And then moving forward, how do you see yourself as a fellow Catholic, as a fellow engineer, as a fellow architectural engineer, you know, as, a, as an ally, as someone who's giving me advice on how to deal with my family and, and my transition. How do you want to be active moving forward? So moving forward, I want to be more of an ally to the greater community in my workplace. I previously said that I felt uncomfortable revealing that part of my identity at work. And actually just recently, just today in fact, as we return to work and the new normal in California, I, I have openly uh, talked about my wife and openly talked about what we're doing over the weekend and casually dropped that in there. And, and I didn't receive any negative reactions. And that's encouraging to me to continue to be open in the workplace and encourage those positive interactions, like I mentioned earlier. And I think People in my workplace having really positive interactions with me and knowing that part of my identity is only going to help accelerate the transition in our industry for everyone to feel welcome. That's great. I'm actually really I'm happy to hear that. You know, for me, going forward, I'm really excited to now be working at this very queer-centric company where we're working to push our industry forward. And then, as well, with my nonprofit, Build That Alliance, we are going to be opening a California chapter and we hope that eventually, we're doing it in a measured slow way, but eventually, you know, we could be a nationwide organization to be an aid and to be a community for anybody who is queer in our industry. Because we want to, we want to make sure that everybody feels comfortable being who they are in our industry. I mean, that's our focus. <laughs> but I, I, love, I love the Build Out Alliance, right? Mm -hmm. And what's their hashtag? What's their Instagram handle? Put in the plug. <laughs> <laughs> it's just at Build Out Alliance. At Build Out Alliance. I've attended their programming. They've had some queer women in design. Mm -hmm. That program was awesome. I think everyone listening to the, this podcast should check this organization out. Follow them on Instagram, but at Build Out Alliance. Okay, <laughs> look for them on Instagram. So it's yeah. at Build Out Alliance. <laughs> 
Eric, thank you for reminding me that it's not just about the workplace, it's about the industry overall. And I am going to commit right now <laughs> to being more openly out on the construction site, out at like industry events, networking events, business development events. I am going to be out and encourage positive experiences in all of those venues. Amen. That's great. So, I mean, you guys are my heroes. And that <laughs> is why I'm, I gravitated towards you both. You know, I think me and Kristen hit it off right away. Me and Eric hit it off right away. Mm -hmm. But we do want a better future. I'm a part of this company that's openly queer, openly celebrating our differences, promoting women leadership, figuring out how to do that in this economy. And I want to be visible, and I know I need to be visible, and part of this company is also building allies. I, I probably did this super intentional to have a queer company so that when the, when the pandemic's over and I go to a business development or on the construction site, I know that Eric's right beside me or that Kristen's walking right next to me, and she's going to have my back on the construction site, in an owner's meeting, and I think that's important, and I want to be out there, and I want to be an ally. I want to be visible so others know that it's acceptable to be who you are and work in this industry. More than acceptable. <laughs> it's, it's, it's normal. It's, it's, it's right. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, but that... I didn't yeah. mean to derail you. That was really good. It was good. It was, was like good. a great monologue. Yeah. I wanted to clap. <laughs> you can totally clap. So, so, I love that we all just committed to be more visible. And Eric, you're already doing a great job. And he's a part of the Build Out Alliance. He's going to bring that to the West Coast, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. I think it's severely needed because it invites architects and engineers. You know, it creates... It almost says it's okay to be LGBTQAI+, and, yeah. and companies have to be okay with that, you know, and, and maybe change their cultures. Instead of the token, you know, change, changing your logo to the rainbow colors this month. Right. Virtue <laughs> um, signaling. Yeah, mm -hmm. to actually change your culture. And we're going to do our part. We're, we're a small company, me and Eric and... Kristen is a collaborator with our company, but we're going to at least change, we're going to be an example to our friends and to the people we work with, and we're going to do our part. Something that I just thought of when you guys were talking about the Build Out Alliance and bringing together all of the queer and, and allied members of our AEC industry in Southern California was that I think a lot of where the heteronormative culture comes from in these companies is the business development side. A lot of these yeah. companies, they're afraid to present someone who maybe is a transgender woman, you know, in a business development meeting or land a job or do a proposal or something like that. I mean, it's a lot of fear on that side that you're going to lose out on work from a potential client because you're putting someone forward who is different or who's not the stereotypical image of a leader or the stereotypical image of company executive. Yeah, I definitely think that that's somewhere um, where we're going to see. Fortunately, 
it's what Jamie experienced. I think that that is sort of going to be the uh, final frontier in our industry is making sure that being queer doesn't have a bearing on the business side. And yeah, and I think bringing together people in the Build Out Alliance, architects, engineers, maybe some contractors. Yeah, Who knows? I mean, maybe I mean, even yeah. owners. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So Build Alliance. Yeah, we do have we are we do have in New York City. We do have members who are part on the development side. For the Build Out Alliance, we see sort of two main areas where we really need to focus and change change our industry, and that's on the developer side and on the construction side. And that's where we see the room for for greatest and best improvement. Yeah, and that lends itself really well to challenging this kind of traditional mindset of how you win work, which is presenting cis white males. Right. <laughs> exactly. And we love you cis white males. Yes, we do. Yes. We really do. Thanks. We really do. <laughs> but we just also want it to be okay for everyone else to have the same opportunities. We do want you to put your talent in front of what you think the client might want. I think you have a lot of talented individuals out there. They may not fit that perfect stereotype of what you should be. And I think that's what us being active in our industry will help promote. And we may not be super successful, but we may help. I think we will be. We may help <laughs> our sisters and brothers and others to be comfortable, to be who they are and to grow and develop into who they want to be, into talented individuals, into talented people who are going to build a better world. I I'm really excited to grow the Design Collaborative into a company where we go to our first career fair at a university and say, we are a queer women POC-focused company and we're looking to hire you. I can't wait until we, until we can do that. I would love that, yes, to have our rainbow flag behind our mm -hmm. career fair table. Outside of the month of June. Yeah, exactly. Outside of the month. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I want to just thank you both. I'm speechless. I think you guys are amazing. I think your vision for the future is exactly what I want. I want to thank Kristen Cole. I want to thank Eric Schwartz for joining me on this podcast to talk about our industry, the AEC industry, architecture, engineering industry, and construction AEC, architecture, engineering, and construction industry, yep. uh, including those owners, including those developers. <laughs> I think we should leave our audience with one thing that they can do to be an ally. Encourage folks that you see that don't look the way that everyone else looks like. I would say if someone reveals a part of their identity to you, whether they say that they're gay or they say that they're non-binary or they say they're transitioning, don't immediately follow up with questions on that topic. Just, you know, act normal and don't make it a big deal and that'll really help the person that's saying those things to you. In a professional setting, focus on the professional discussion and whether the person sitting across from you is gay, straight, trans, whatever, should have no bearing on the question being discussed when it comes to construction. Or engineering. Or yeah. engineering. I love that. Technical skills, their talents. Right. Again, I want to thank you both. This has been an awesome discussion. I knew it was going to be great. I knew it was going to be helpful. I feel better after chatting 
with you guys, brainstorming with you both mm-hmm. on how to be how to be who you are and how to let your talents be front and center and how to be yourself. Again, thank you, Eric Schwartz and Kristen Cole. This has been another episode of All About Design. You can find us on Spotify and other podcast listening platforms. Please check out our other podcast, Fucking Design, every month. So you'll find us every month either an All About Design or Fucking Design podcast. And follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook. You can find us at at TD Collaborative. And we're very thankful that you all joined us for this conversation. I want to thank also our producer and music creator, Alicia Gardner. And our graphic designers, Bell Embassy and Fernanda Prado. We want to thank you, our listeners, for joining us. Stay tuned for our next episode. And also, let us know what you think. <laughs>